0: Welcome to Small Talk with Raincraft. I'm Subha, a leadership and executive coach. And I'm Hasita. I'm a marketing strategist. We're just two people who love to talk and love to learn. And this is us being curious about the world around us. Join us.
1: So Subha, it seems to be hiring season everywhere. Lots and lots of my friends are moving to different companies. They're obviously very excited. Some of them are moving to new roles and new functions. Also, I think some of us are at that age where we are all becoming less execution folks and more managers and moving slightly up the corporate ladder, so to speak. Just recently, a friend of mine told me that he's moving all the way to Dubai to pick up a consulting gig or rather, to frame it better, he's actually working for a consulting company. And who knows, maybe more Dubai trips in my future then.
0: It is quite exciting, isn't it? I mean, I am trying to remember all those moments of job or role changes in my case, moving from one city to another, meeting new teams, walking into new offices. And I think today a lot of the moves are just moving from home back to office. Suddenly, those six kilometers
1: or 10 kilometers or 20, depending on where you live, they all seem quite long, don't they? Yeah, it just makes me think about how transitions even work. In today's world, there is first of all the whole hybrid transition. Then there's the whole great resignation, which has been followed by the great rehiring, I suppose. Lots of people taking up new jobs all over the place. And I wonder what their lived experience must be like.
0: Yes, and I think this is one of the most often asked questions. How do I make a good impression? How do I kind of hit the right notes in those first 30 days, first 60 days? And a lot of it uh, started because of uh, one book quite a while back, I think, maybe more than 10 years back, I'm sure, called The First 90 Days by Michael Watkins. So let's dig a little into seeing how we can make this transition a lot easier on employees and leaders, shall we? Sounds
1: great. So super. speaking of this friend moving all the way to Dubai, I'm so happy for him. We've known each other for close to 15 years at this point. Walked each other through the good days and the horrible days of college and so much else that followed. And I get that he's so excited about working for one of the largest consulting companies in the world. But I've also heard stories about how their routines are so brutal and working 14 hours a day is not just common, but it's almost expected of people. And I just wonder because he really doesn't come from that background. He comes from a tech company. How would settling in even be in in his context? And for me, it's a very theoretical wonder because I guess I am kind of doing my own thing. So for me, more than anything, I'm trying to live this life through him. Is it really as exciting to be in a new role, to be in a new job? Or is there some amount of effort that I also need to put in as an individual towards making it a good experience for myself and my company as well?
0: There's a lot of interesting questions bundled into that because it's not easy. And definitely shifting countries, shifting into a different work culture. I mean, there's a work culture of each country. There's a work culture of the organization that you're showing up in. And all of these add up to kind of define how you will turn up every day. So I think the one of the things to remind yourself of is first just show up just show up with a lot of enthusiasm with curiosity simply with a smile it's interesting i do series of workshops for financial services company and it's really a new hire training and i'm really surprised at how many new hires seem to land up with absolutely no energy and i'm thinking wow you're Mm. this is probably like your first or second job and the organization has set this up for you. You're going to be hearing from multiple experts. Why are you taking this so lightly? Why is it such a casual (laughs) affair? It really surprises me and I still don't have an answer because the ones who do show up with a lot of enthusiasm, I know they're going to go places. You can just tell just by the questions they ask, by landing up and making sure that they are present for everything. It makes a difference. For sure. And and
1: that's why I think preparedness comes into the picture so much, right? Especially if you are early on in your career and you made the switch. I think sometimes we also don't have the kind of guidance that tells us hey, show up with a little bit of enthusiasm because I'm also not sure what kind of energy I should bring into a room. Do I want to be noticed on my first day? Do I want to stand out? And if I'm standing out, hopefully, can I do it for the right reasons? I think we all bring a certain amount of trepidation, to say the first 10-15 days of work even, like where do I eat? Who do I hang out with? Am I doing this job well? Where can I get feedback from in terms of
0: whether I'm on the right path? No, very true, I get that. There's the anxiety of not wanting to look too enthusiastic, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And maybe then it's just good to remind yourself and even others in the simple introduction that you make of yourself, of what's your why really? Why are you here? What made you switch or what made you join? What do you hope to add to yourself? That's what folks will remember that will make connections a little stronger because when someone is able to articulate that, hey, I moved from my previous company to this place because I know that there are projects in ABC and I want to be part of that or I want to pick up this skill set. I'm definitely going to remember when I hear an answer like that. (laughs)
1: true absolutely and that just makes me wonder maybe it's so much harder when you're probably a business leader a director of something and suddenly you're put in this role and obviously you've done your interviews you've done your series of conversations so you're not stepping into it blindly so much but there is the additional pressure of having to be at peak performance I think from day one while also being liked while also building relationships so I just wonder How should someone who's stepping into a managerial role say for the first time or even a consulting gig for that matter is actually all about relationships. A leader for sure has to focus firstly, I think, on relationships. How would you recommend that folks in these roles really step up
0: and do the right thing for themselves in the first 30 days? It's interesting that across the board, whether you are a young employee or you're a middle level manager or you're a founder or you're the leader. One thing that probably is very useful skill to keep building on is the ability to ask a lot of questions. I don't think that is something which is kind of time-barred, right? That oh, only if you're a newbie, only if you're first two, three years into your career, you should be asking questions. Otherwise, you're expected to know all the answers. I don't think so. I think as a leader too, maybe you should be asking more questions. What do you expect from me? What does success look like? What are you measuring me on? And Mm. even to say... Who are our customers? Why are they our customers? And who are we? Like you you spoke about the culture, right? As a leader, do I want to kind of perpetuate this culture? Do I have a good understanding of it? And is it something that gels with who I am? And will I be able to lead folks with that? Or do I need to carve a slightly different path for myself and my team so that I can have a lasting career here? I think as leaders, you have that bit of room. You have that scope to mold things a little more your way because finally as long as you deliver results I think most organizations are happy to get a few offshoot cultures right you everybody run their teams in the same uh, cookie cutter way so for leaders I think that's something that they should really kind of use to their benefit but coming back to your question I think one of the key I, I remember like whenever I had a new boss one thing we would all as a team really, really hope wouldn't happen and didn't really like much when it happened was when they try and change everything overnight. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So, we're like, hey, if we were doing okay, I mean, yeah, obviously we can do better and obviously there <laughs> are smarter ways to do things. Mm-hmm. But I think no team really likes leaders who swoop in and just in the first very, very early days a week, 10 days, two weeks just jump into making large-scale changes. Because you feel like, hey, give us a bit of time. Like, First, figure out who we are, why we're doing what we're doing. Understand a bit of history of what's been happening here. And then, if you think there's a better way to do it, we will be all ears in a more kind of engaging manner. But the first 30 days really should be spent learning. Keep all your ideas and all your radical change Thoughts to yourself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just yeah. observe, get oriented, and don't be too directive. I think just make a lot of notes, and yeah. and there's been more than enough time to get your hands dirty, and and make things go your way. And actually, I think there's a nugget of wisdom in there in
1: terms of just being curious and not judgmental especially in the context of maybe slightly less mature organisations where the pace is probably higher, the hunger to get to point B, point C and so on and to mark all these growth metrics is probably much higher as well because i'm just thinking if i were to be hired by a startup and just take the time out not an not a very early stage startup obviously but maybe with 10 15 employees already in place and i'm the leader then i'm already battling this weird balance between on the one hand working with the people that exist in the system while also bearing in mind that my growth targets are far nearer so do i really have the kind of runway sometimes to get to know people
0: so, so true. I think which really comes to okay, what do you do after those first 30-40 days which you've spent kind of patiently asking questions and getting to yeah. know the workplace. Then you start having some of those critical conversations and you start really introducing your team to who you are, right? What is my style? Yeah. What is my philosophy? And also remember to, as much as you can, involve them in the decision making, right? Hey, what are the goals that we want to set together for the next three months for the next quarter for the next half year and how, yeah. how do you think we should go about it because the more you are able to engage them and make them a part of the process what it gives you the chance to figure out hey who's kind of riding along with you who is showing that energy who's showing the maturity who's showing the competency to really work with you on critical things and then always involving them will help you not be blindsided later that hey None of us liked what you decided three months ago. Oh, yeah, Um,
1: that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're not really bulldozing, but at the same time, I think you are taking charge and the reins are very much in your hands. And I think that's, in a way, the definition of a leadership role is to be able to balance those things as well. But I do have a quick question, kind of going back to folks in very early stages of their careers. Because a lot of us, myself, very much included, we had no clue what we wanted to do, say, right after graduation or even several years down the line. Certain conclusions that we've come to are because of having experimented. So how does it work in the context, especially in the context of the whole great rehiring movement, if that's what it's being called? I have no idea. I'm sure people came up with something a little more catchy than that. <laughs> no, there's a um, hashtag somewhere. <laughs> if only we could look. But I'm just thinking for people who have moved, say from the same function, the same role to a different one in a different company purely from a place of a financial benefit and that's a fair benefit to ask in Mm -hmm. today's times especially with the uncertainty around and literally, I mean, if the reason I have moved, and at least the primary reason is that I knew I would be making more money, how then do I kind of bring a certain creative enthusiasm to what I essentially see as a very, very transactional and logical decision, right? And a good decision for myself. So how do I go about then finding the joy, so to speak, in some of this
0: work, which I may or may not really be enjoying at this
1: point in time?
0: I think it comes back to the why that we touched upon earlier that remind yourself, I think, on a daily basis that did I come here for a specifically new skill set? Did I come here for just a change of scenery? Or like mm-hmm. you say, did I just come here because this compensation and the benefits here gives me a little more breathing space in all the other things that I want to do, right? Yeah. And let that in a way be your guide so that you are not disappointed by things which are not part of your why anyway. If I'm not learning something new, but I'm just kind of getting better or using or leveraging the skills that I already have and and trying to make a good show of it, at a higher pay, then reconcile with that's that, good enough. acknowledge yeah. that, yeah, yeah. And so then you're not disappointed that, hey, I'm kind of in the same industry. Okay. I've kind of moved from that tech park to this tech park, but you know, nothing much. Is <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's, that can be very demotivating on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, why think about something
1: that was not part of the plan in any case, right? I mean, just might as well enjoy the perks, which I mean, fair enough, right? I mean, all of us have different reasons and motivations for doing what we do. And as long as those needs and motivators are being met, then I guess that's a fair trade.
0: Correct, correct. So then you're able to, whatever time you're going to spend here, you can make your plans accordingly saying, hey, this works for me for the first year, but then I've got to start thinking about which projects I'm going to be on, which teams I'm going to work in, what skills I'm going to pick up. So at least you give yourself that space and you don't have to be worried that, okay, from day one, I'm not kind of, accelerating my career at a at a breakneck speed.
1: That just leaves me with like one question on something unique to our times, I, I'd like to think unless, I mean, there were jobs around the Spanish flu that period, I mean, that's a different conversation. But right now with people working from home for so long, a lot of people have been hired remotely as well, moved organizations remotely and probably In fact, not even probably, I'm sure we are different people online than we are in person, right? I mean, me on Zoom, while I'm still working, I'm probably a different person than I am in real life. So if I've been hired in that circumstance, wherein my only connection with the world outside, which is my work environment, has been virtual so far. And suddenly I'm showing up in this office and I know these people, but I kind of don't know them. I only know their Instagram highlights. I only know their slack answers. And now suddenly I'm meeting whole people with an entire personality. So how do I integrate myself into a system like that? What aspects of myself should I bring to the table? What aspects of myself should I just leave for a later date?
0: How does that even work? That's a tricky one. I think the easy answer and the answer that we always get is be authentic, be true to yourself, be who you are. And that largely is true. Because trying to pretend is a very stressful game that you can't play for too long. So if you are somebody who is intrinsically not very fond of large groups at lunch and chit-chatting, then it doesn't have to suddenly overnight become your thing because you've been pushed into the office space. But Mm. I think the important bit is to keep your eyes and ears open and get a sense of how that behavior is serving you because of that are you being slotted or are you being labeled and because of that are you in any way maybe losing out on some opportunities Mm. or just feeling really like you don't fit in and that could be a kind of a reminder that hey maybe i need to step out of my comfort zone do things a little differently because this place is a little different Uh, but everything else kind of ticks all the boxes for me The work I'm doing, the kind of people, the compensation, everything ticks the right boxes. So I should be making that bit of extra effort. I should at least give it a try. Because authenticity also means being able to kind of genuinely adapt to water, being able to read the signals, to read the room and then say, okay, now in this room, how do I be authentic? Yeah, in fact, I
1: found a very interesting quote, I think, again, on Instagram the other day about a question that is so philosophical in its largest, so to speak, which is, who am I? And then the answer, the person who was making that recommendation basically said, answer that in specifics. Ask yourself, who am I at work? Who am I at home? Who am I in the context of friends? And it's completely okay to be different people in different contexts. And I love what you said about it ticking 9 out of 10 boxes. So if it's satisfying, if it's matching my growth goals, if it's generally paying well, whatever are my top three priorities, that little adjustment of maybe having a lunch together once in a while is something that I could probably slowly over a period of time definitely grow to adapt.
0: Exactly. Like right? You don't have to change yourself, but you can't kind of sit in your little island forever. So make yes. those little adjustments that uh, end of the day are making your own day-to-day kind of existence in that workplace a lot easier on everybody, mainly yourself. Thank you, Subha. I think I've taken
1: away a lot and assuming my friend ever comes back to crypt to me about how the 14-hour <laughs> workplace are too long. At least I have more context on what to say to him. So that's great. And on that note, I think it's time for us to catch up for a drink. Oh, very much.
0: See you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> for listening till the very end we hope you enjoyed the conversation if you'd like to leave us a note about the episode please do write in at connect at raincraft.in or drop us a voice message at speakpipe.com raincraft all the details about our guest today and how you can find us on social media are available in the show notes so please do have a read and